Today, we return to Australia to cover a piece of news that shows that the rot in the church runs deep, and that many of those undermining the church are either blatantly dishonest or have been, frankly, rather easily duped. With this story, I don't see any other viable options. Our story today involves a priest openly advocating for Australians joining the Lodge, and saying that the ban on Catholics joining the Lodge does not hold for Australians because the Australian bishops secretly okayed priests joining the Lodge, and that the members of the Lodge are not the same group that they were when they were declared to be enemies of the Church by several consecutive popes. This is a doozy of a story that most Catholics won't hear about, and that really isn't getting much coverage, so feel free to share this with people who need to know. Let's get started. Our story centers on one Father Kerry Costigan, a retired Queensland priest who claims that in 2016 the Australian bishops quietly gave Catholics the permission to join the Lodge in clear defiance of canon law and the teachings of the Church since the Lodge first emerged. The permission was to be an Australian Mason, whatever that's supposed to mean. Father Costigan goes so far as to say that the policy should be made public. And if that's done, then the Australian church would be openly in defiance of Rome on the issue of canon law that goes back centuries. We often hear erroneous histories of the Lodge, which state that the Lodge got its start in the early 18th century, but that's not really true either. What is true is that the Lodge got a fundamental transformation around that time, but organized masonry had existed before that. Membership in the Lodge was formally banned as an excommunicable crime in 1738 by Pope Clement XII, but relations between the Church and the secularists had long since soured before that. I'm planning on doing a stream with someone who is extremely knowledgeable about the Lodge and its history, and it's a guest I've had on before, so watch for the announcement of that stream. Anyway, back to Father Kerry Costigan, who says that the bishops gave permission quietly in 2016. He claims that he's been a member of the Ashar Lodge for over 10 years, which puts his membership at least as early as 2009, which would have put him in overt violation of the law of the church. Frankly, I'm pretty sure that if his claim that the bishops gave permission for this, then they are in violation of the law of the church as well, since I don't think the canon law on matters like this can be abrogated by the local ordinary. But then again, we live in a post-conciliar era of synodality, where all the local churches get to break off functionally into their own churches and thumb their nose at Rome as they wish. So I suppose everything is possible. Father Costigan claims were made in writing, by the way, so he can't claim some error made as misspeaking either, which makes this all the more rich. I've got a lengthy quote from LifeSite's article on this, which itself comes by way of the remnant, but I really wasn't able to find the remnant article on this. Their website's a little harder to search than I like. Anyway, here's the bit from LifeSite News. It's rather rich. Quote, Father Costigan claims that in 1984, the Australian Catholic Bishops' Conference began an inquiry into Australian masonry. Father Costigan opines that the reason no conclusion was published was due to there being no conflict between Catholicism and masonry. He admits that this contradicts the Vatican's policy on masonry in other countries, but fails to mention that the prohibition does in fact apply worldwide. The priest goes on to say that in 2016, Catholic Masons contacted the Australian bishops to clarify their status. At that time, Catholic men were said to be the Grand Masters of the Western Australian, Queensland, and South Australian Northern Territory Lodges. The Grand Master of South Australia and Northern Territories prepared a submission for the bishops and asked for an authoritative judgment from them. The ACBC Secretary is said to have then requested a combined submission from the Grand Masters of all Australian Lodges. 
which was to include information on the basic ideals and principles of Australian masonry. <laughs> Sorry. According to Father Costigan, the Australian Catholic bishops, via their secretary, then replied that, quote, any Catholic man may join masonry as it exists in Australia as long as his conscience agrees. Father Costigan added that the reply also asked that membership in the craft was to be carried out discreetly and without publicity. And he surmised that this call for discretion was due to masonry's prohibition overseas. End quote. Why must it be carried out discreetly and secretly? If it's okay. If you... Pro tip. If you've got to carry out membership in an organization in secret, you probably don't want to be part of that organization, and these bishops should know better. But anyway... The article goes on to say that Father Costigan states that there were over 1,000 Catholics in the lodge in Queensland alone. Now, why is this more important than the typical issue of apostasy in the church? Remember, you can't be a Catholic in good standing and a member of the lodge. My interactions with Catholic Aussies and everything I've read about the state of the church down under paints a grim picture of the organized church in Australia. If this is really true, that the bishops have known about Catholics not only becoming members of the lodge in Australia, but becoming grand masters and okayed their membership as a matter of personal conscience, and then didn't rescind this when the traditional policy was reaffirmed by the Vatican a few short years later, then we have a serious problem in Australia, and this serious problem helps us understand just how dangerous the coming Australian 2020 Plenary Council will be. The organized lodge has been for centuries opposed to the church and has openly worked to promote the kind of secular values that have now led to total debauchery in the West, with the sexualization of children and people being confused about their gender being the latest iteration of these values promoted by these people or their spiritual and intellectual offspring. This is made all the more evident by snapshot reports made by the, la the laity for the coming plenary council, which all call for wonderful things like an inclusive and participatory and synodal church, and a church that is open to conversation and dialogue, and other nauseating things that have little, if anything, due to co with the Great Commission. And that's the point of all this. The mission of the Lodge has been to get the church to ignore the Great Commission and instead to become a voice for the values that it has been espousing. That was made clear by the permanent instruction of the Alta Vendita, which I read for this channel a long time ago. I can post a link to it in the comments if people want to hear the audio recording of that document, which lays out the plan to turn the church into an instrument for the promotion of secular values in the world. Former Bishop Morris of Queensland had been the ordinary in 2010 when it came out that Costigan was a member of the Lodge. A local chapter of the Lepanto Institute contacted them for comments and declined to answer, and instead released a public statement on the issue, where he said that Costigan had a pastoral interest in the Lodge. <sighs> pastoral interest seems to be another post-conciliar buzzword that has little meaning other than it enables all manner of evil to be done in the name of ecumenism. We'll get to that in a moment. Interestingly, Bishop Morris was dismissed by Benedict XVI the next year for refusing to recant unrelated heretical positions he'd taken, which included something called the Third Rite of Reconciliation and his support for women's ordination. He'd been asked to resign by the Vatican four years prior and remained steadfast in his heresy before being dismissed. Funny, isn't it, how these same heretics keep popping up? If you're in Australia and you're watching or listening to this, let me know in the comments if you've heard about what this now former bishop is up to. Is he involved in some schismatic sect claiming to be Catholic and ordaining women illicitly? Has he moved to Germany to work with the German Bishops' Conference for the Amazon Synod? I am genuinely curious about what's become of him now that his heretical views are much more tolerated by the powers that be than they were under Benedict XVI. 
But there is another angle to this story, the ecumenical angle. Yes, where there is heresy and repudiation of church authority on something, you usually find ecumenia in its modern forms. In 2011, a Catholic priest in Queensland held a public prayer service for members of the Odd Fellows Lodge, which is a secret organization affiliated with the Masons, and there were said to be a thousand Catholics who were Lodge members in Queensland. Then, Auxiliary Bishop of Brisbane, Michael Putney, released a very revealing statement. Bishop Putney said that ecumenism was breaking down many obstacles, and how the Church responds to groups like the Lodge is a different pastoral question which varies in different localities. Those were his words, not mine, which begs a lot of questions. But notice something here. Relativism rules the day, apparently. Apparently, Leo XIII, Clement XII, Benedict XVI, and all the popes between were wrong to contemn the Lodge, and were wrong to excommunicate Catholics who are members of the Lodge. Something about Australia just must be different that allows Lodge membership that doesn't necessarily apply to America, Europe, South America, or anywhere else that has more or less upheld this ban on membership in that group. Being down under changes the moral laws of the universe or something. Or, much more likely, the situation of the church in Australia is much worse than it is in America, and that's why you have moral relativism and a rejection of the laws of the church running so rampant. For my money, I'd love to see what the lodge membership of the Australian bishops looks like. If anyone has any leads on that, please send them to me. For those Australians who have joined in our prayer campaign of the Novena of Novenas, here's a prime example of why you should be praying for your country. Not that you needed more examples. The rejection of the authority of the church has some influence from the current state of the culture, and vice versa. So keep praying for your country and the Amazon Synod in the Novena. If you want to get involved, it's never too late. I did a video last week explaining it, and there are links in that video for how to do it. Our best weapons in these times is the rosary and our acts of penance, so keep praying and keep making personal sacrifices for the church and for the salvation of the souls of everyone in the world. I'm Anthony Stein. Ave Maria.